Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about Baltoats? Hello, everyone. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me here on the Atheist Roundtable tonight. My name is Andrew Garber, and I'm your host on the Atheist Roundtable. It's not a live show anymore. I can't say that it's live because it's not. It's pre-recorded. In fact, what we're doing now is we're pre-recording the shows at 7.30 on Thursday, Eastern Time, 7.30. And if you want to be part of the show, then I would like to invite all of my listeners to maybe schedule to be part of the show one week, one Thursday, 7.30 Eastern. Just Skype in and uh, be part of the show. It would be great. It would be fun. Let me know your contact information by going to the Facebook fan page. That's Facebook slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook. And then send me your contact information, your Skype contact information. That would be fantastic. Now, if you don't have... Uh, Facebook, I suppose that another way of contacting me or contacting the show is to call the voicemail of, for the Atheist Roundtable. That's at 765-280-3066. 765-280-3066. That way you can also leave me your Skype contact information so that you can be part of the show one Thursday evening at around 7.30 p.m. I want, all, I want to invite all my friends to get, get in on this. Look, tonight I have an awesome show. I have no topic for the show. I didn't have a topic on Thursday. I still don't have a topic for the show now because it's already recorded. And it was a lot of fun. In fact, tonight I'm only going to be able to play about one-third of the cool stuff that I recorded for that show. If you want the rest of it, you can go to patreon.com slash atheistroundtable and become a patron, support the show, get the full honkin' episode that we recorded the show. Now, if you don't want to give me money, and I get that, that's fine. Uh, you'll get the rest of the show probably next week is when I'm going to air the rest of the show, and then... Uh, We'll record something, and maybe I'll take a week off or something. I don't know. Anyway, the point is is that what I really want is for all my friends to be able to get in on this, and all you need to do is make yourself available some Thursday evening around 7.30 so that we can record it, and then we'll be all friends. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Facebook.com slash Atheist Roundtable, or you can always call the voicemail line at 765 Two eight zero three zero six six. That's how you get a hold of me. That's how you get a hold of the show. And leave me your feedback. Tell me about this new format that we have for the show. Tell me about all of the stuff that we're doing that's different, that you like, that you don't like. I need, I need some feedback. So let me know what you think. And with that, it's on with the show. Yeah. So listen, uh, I've got no topic. <clears throat> uh, Yay. Uh, did did you, did anybody see? The uh, the shitstorm that I stirred up on Facebook. Which With one? <laughs> Your last post yesterday. 
Uh, well, uh, that that was kind of tame, actually. I posted something on Facebook like a week ago saying something like, uh, if I ask you if you believe in God and you say you're agnostic, you didn't answer the question, and people got really pissed off at me. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, that one. I did see it, but I hadn't actually looked at any of their responses. The most interesting response I thought, came from uh, Justin Schieber, who is actually an actual, like, in- intellectual guy. D- did either of you ever listen to the, um, oh, what the hell podcast did he used to do? He used to do the, um, oh, shit. It hasn't been on the air in, like, a year or so. It's not ringing a bell for me, actually, so... No. Anyway, the only he was the only person that actually made some kind of in really good argument in that if someone does, I, I think his point was that if someone doesn't know whether or not they believe yet or not, that that could be an answer. But I thought that was weird because you would think that someone would know whether or not they believe or not. That would be. That would be an. I, I suppose it could be a position someone could take, although then I would tell them that their position doesn't make sense. I'm kind of leaning towards your end of the spectrum on that one because, as far as belief goes, you either believe or you don't. There's no middle ground, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you could. You, I, I suppose it's possible that someone would say, "Well, do you believe in?" Flarger margers, and you'd be like, I don't even know what a flarger marger is, so I can't know if I believe in that or not. And y- y- you know what I mean? And then you start describing this thing, and then you realize, oh yeah, that's weird. I don't believe in that. I don't. Does that make sense? Well, you can also make the argument that the new that the that unless you believe, you don't believe. You, if that makes any sense, I mean, like your what you just said with the larger margin or whatever you said you know if someone asked me that question but i don't even know what it is so no i don't believe because there can be an argument made that the, that the neutral position is the non-belief position until you're proven or until there's some evidence some piece of writing or visual or audio that uh leans you to the belief position on yeah. a certain subject. Yeah, I I had a I had a conversation with uh with somebody maybe a couple of years ago now who we were talking about being a, a strong atheist, a hard atheist, a um a gnostic atheist. You, you you know that four poster corner thing that people throw around. Uh we were talking about being a strong atheist, and um, Matt Dillahunty is fond of saying things. Uh, is fond of saying that knowledge is a subset of belief. But when he says that, he means that um, he means a level of confidence in a belief. That if a belief reaches a certain level of confidence, then you can call it knowledge. But what uh, my buddy Dave photo was trying to say is that if you don't have knowledge of something, then you can't possibly believe in it, right? If 
if you've never heard, just just like you were saying, William, that if you don't know what a Florger Marger is, then you can't possibly believe that, that that's a thing that exists and goes bump in the night or whatever. Right. And then exactly. logically sound. So, uh, I don't know if this is the, this is going to turn into the topic for the evening, but uh, for me personally, I would I used to always say that I was always a Gnostic atheist, and I've kind of backed off that a little bit, and that's that was my, that was my more recent post where my uh, where the more the the better you can define a god, then the stronger my atheist becomes, because I think if you define God as like a as a nebulous kind of um, a grand spirit, um, a uh, spiritual spirit thing, right? Then 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 I've I've got nothing. If you want to say God is love or God is the universe, I've I've got I've got nothing. I've I believe that love and the universe are things. I, I, I don't know why we call them God, but I believe that those things are things. Um, and uh, but if you want to talk, but I I think that most people, when they talk about a God, they don't mean love or the universe. They mean a um, the the God of classical theism, the all knowing, all powerful, all good, perfect creator of the universe. Or, or, to, or to sum it up simply, the God of the Bible, the God of the Quran, the God of the Torah, or any of the holy books. They're not talking about the philosophical, uh, non-intrusionary God that a lot of deists believe in. Yeah, right. It's definitely not the deist God or some kind of non-interventionary God. It's a God that, you know, does stuff in the real world. Right. Right. I think right. I think that there's a good argument to be made against that God, but I don't know that every Christian believes in that God. There's a there's a famous apologist, uh, Matt Slick, who is um, the guy behind CARF. It's an apologetic site. It's 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 a uh, how we can prove that God exists nonsense, and it's run by a guy named Matt Slick. And Matt Slick will tell you that his God is not all powerful and is not all good. Uh, and that's how he gets around things like the problem of evil. Then why believe in him? I mean, why worship? Why worship? But right, I mean, right. Well, because he's God and he tells you to, and that should be good enough. Oh, or or, or I think uh, Matt Slick might be the uh, the transcendental kind of guy who will say that if you don't believe in a god, then you can't be logical. That kind of thing. You you guys heard that before? Yes, I have heard that. I think it's horribly flawed, but yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> well, the <laughs> the transcendental argument for God is um, is the uh, logical equivalent of just sticking your fingers in your ears and literally going nya 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 can't hear you nya 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 nya. <laughs> Ostrich head in the sand syndrome. <laughs> yep. But uh, getting to what you were saying about the, the what you were saying about the agnostic atheist and all that, I've heard that several times. And you know, there's a there's a guy I listen to on YouTube, uh, 
called Kyle Kalinske. On, uh, he has a show called Secular Talk, and he oftentimes describes himself as an uh, agnostic atheist. And, you know, from the way he describes it, it kind of makes sense until you actually look at it and say, look, obviously you're not speaking to what you know. When you describe yourself with what you believe or don't believe, you're you're talking about belief, not knowledge, right? So I've always described myself as an atheist. I don't see no reason to put a agnostic on there or a gnostic or whatever. Uh, same goes with the the militant part. I don't see the. I'm just an atheist. I don't believe. I have no reason to believe. So, so do you? Uh, so so William, uh, when you see, do you do you have a beef or uh, or a criticism of that four of that you 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 know what I'm talking about right that, that four paneled cross four square grid with you, you know what i'm talking about right that gnostic atheist yeah 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 gnostic theist agnostic theist, yeah gnostic yeah. Theist. yeah 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 uh i don't really have a beef with it i just to me i don't i don't think that it's well thought out in my opinion just because if you follow some of the the descriptions of those individual uh, sections of the grid, they just, to me, they don't pan out when you think logically about them, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's more accurately described the way Dawkins described it, is in the levels of belief, you know, from, you know, one to seven, one being absolutely believed to seven being absolutely, you know, certain that there isn't, you know? No, I, I, I'm following you. I, I appreciate the uh, the effort that Dawkins did in trying to put this on a spectrum, right? Because like lots of things in in human existence, uh, I think belief does indeed exist on a spectrum. I don't know if this is a good uh, representation of that spectrum, um, but I, I do appreciate the effort of trying to represent this on some kind of a sliding scale. Um, I don't know that I'd put... I don't know that I'd put uh, the scale on a level of confidence in a belief one way or the other. I, I don't know if I would have drawn the the, uh, the scale that way. But my... Um, what you mean the certainty at both ends? You don't think you'd have put you don't think you'd have drawn it that way? Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't know that I'd have drawn it that way. Um, when I was a believer, I thought I had really good reasons for believing. You know what I mean? When I right. uh, when I held on to these beliefs, I was convinced that. I was being reasonable and logical and rational in all of these things. I thought it was perfectly reasonable, in other words, that a god would sacrifice himself to himself to save us from himself. I thought that was a perfectly reasonable kind of thing to believe um, for for reasons that I had that of course I had to tap dance around, but they felt just as logical as anything. Does that make sense? And I think that I, I think that that's the way most believers 
feel. They feel justified in this belief. Uh, whether or not they actually are or not, I think is, uh, I, I think that's the question. And I think that's that that's what I'm missing from this scale is that kind of nuance. I want to give Kelsey a chance to jump in here before I uh, <laughs> fond of that one. This has been basically me and you going back and forth. Kelsey, thoughts? It, it, it's all good. I've been reading through the, the drama on Andrew's post. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I really have to agree with um, what you just said, Andrew, that a lot of believers, I mean, clearly if they are a logical person in every other realm of their life, that has to bleed through at some point. Um <sighs> I don't know. I find myself um, feeling very resentful, um, not so much like hating religion, but just very resentful because I feel like it demeans a lot of the personal relationships that you find within a lot of family units because you'll have family members that do believe and family members that don't. Um, so a personal example um this year, my family did Easter a week early because my grandparents are both incredibly religious and the rest of us are not. And as much as I enjoy getting to spend that time with my family, it pissed me off <laughs> that, you know, that we had to dance around their church schedule. I mean, these are people that you've only known X amount of years as, as opposed to your family, people that you gave birth to and have known their entire lives. And, you know, we are second fiddle to the father figure. I, I know the, uh, the uh, dance that you have to do around religious folk especially around the big religious holidays, the Christmas and the Easter. Mm -hmm. That's that's a fun dance to have to do. And and uh when uh a lot of the people that gave us the most trouble in the family have sadly passed or fortunately it, 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 those people aren't around anymore to cause uh -huh. that problem uh which makes things so much easier. Well, I think that uh, even when I was involved in the church, it was, I, I was made to understand what you were talking about, Kelsey, this, from this perspective, that, yeah, you have your earthly family, but the church is your heavenly family. Right. And that's There's this, that, this hierarchy. Yeah. And to me, that, that made absolutely no sense. And that's one of the one things that started to, crack the bubble, put cracks in the sphere, so to speak, for me. Right. It really doesn't make any sense because if we are only given this one life and, you know, we might not see our family members in heaven, why would you not want to spend as much time with your family members as possible? You can spend all of eternity with God. God doesn't give a shit. He's got time. He can wait. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> just 
all-powerful being and he will always be around. Bitch can wait. I'm not going to be here forever. I might die in a car crash tomorrow. And to not, like, it's like we, we should have this high, a higher amount of value for people who are on the planet and you might not see tomorrow or next week as opposed to you should have less value for this incredible being that always has been and always will be and what the fuck ever. Shouldn't you value that entity less? Because they're going to be around a lot more. They're way more common as opposed to your sister or your granddaughter or whatever. Their time is limited. Your time is limited. It makes more sense to me to place more stock in those limited relationships. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there on point with you, and that, that actually gets me to – that actually – gets to the heart of the matter for religion for me is, you know, it teaches you to forget about this life and prepare for the next. And to me, that you're wasting potential, you're wasting opportunity, and you're you're just wasting your existence, in my opinion. Absolutely. Because if we're only given this one opportunity, why the fuck would you waste it? <laughs> and why would an omniscient God give you all of these talents, all of these these abilities that you have here on earth to waste them, you know, mm-hmm. on your knees begging him for stuff that he's never going to give you because it's not in his plan? Exactly. Absolute bullshit. And that's something that I can never get any hardcore fundamentalists to understand. Mm-hmm. They dance around that. And it's funny to watch them cry. Well, this was actually a conversation I had with my grandmother several years ago because I I just lost my shit and was like, why the fuck do you care about this more than you care about your earthly family? Because you condemn people like me and say that we're going to hell. Okay, fine. I'm going to hell. Whatever. Why do you not care about me enough to spend time with me while I am alive, while you are alive. It's like she is my favorite person in the entire world, or she was at one point. And when we had this conversation, that changed because it became apparent to me that clearly I was not that important to her. And that really fucking hurt. Yeah, it's it's not cool when people choose their religion over their family. That's no. You, you know, you hear so much about religion supposedly being this unifying thing, this thing that's supposed to bring people together. That's only true if everybody's the same religion, and that's not the way the world works. And it brings me that brings us back to the question is. I mean, what's the difference between a religion and a cult? Hmm. That is a very good question. Because what you just described, Kelsey, and what we've been talking about sounds a lot more like a cult than a religion, does it not? A cult member would would put the cult above anybody else. Think about, uh, I don't know, what's the best cultic thing? Scientology. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The way they... 
I know we've all, I don't know if we've all heard the stories of Scientology, how they, you know, discredit members who speak out against the faith and all of that. Oh, yeah. Six people out, they send them to re-education camps, things like that. That, that to me is very, very cult-like. Mm-hmm. And it's more harmful, in my opinion, than it is helpful to the spirit if, if you, if they want to go that route. It breaks the spirit more than it builds it up. Yeah, I think the difference between a religion and a cult might be its popularity. Right? It's just a, just if it's just you and a few dudes, because it's always a dude, right? <laughs> isn't isn't it always a dude? And isn't it always a dude who just says, you know, you know what my religion says? My religion says I get all the women. That's that's isn't that? Uh, um, if it's just you. Then you're a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're big enough to start making money at it, then you become a religion. Um, mm-hmm. That's more or less the way Scientology got started. They started making a whole bunch of money on it. I hear that they're getting shut down left and right these days, though. So, who knows? Really? Yeah, there was some Scientology hospital or something that was getting shut down. I don't know. I'm. You know, I'm sitting right next to a Google machine. I should probably just Google that. But uh, I could I could have sworn I saw something come, come across the Book of Faces that said something about that. Well, here's here, here's the uh, this is the Oxford English Dictionary of the word cult. The first definition is a system of religion, veneration, and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or as imposing excessive control over members. Or its origin from the French word cult and the Latin cultus for worship. So My understanding what, is it's essentially the same. <laughs> it's, it's just what uh, Andrew was saying. It's basically the sides. If you're small, you're a cult. If you're big, you're a religion. Oh. I was gonna make a. Uh, that's what she said, too. Oh, God. <laughs> like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook, or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to Andrew the Atheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of Atheists humanists and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourself.